You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, everybody, hope you enjoyed your 4th of July, obviously, you know, the night before, 4th of July, obviously now Friday the 5th, a ton of people, uh, you know, obviously I had off today, you know, turning a, you know, a Thursday into a long weekend, um, totally understandable, but uh, guys, we are now within the less than three-week window where it's not only camp opening, it's actually we're going to get stuff to talk about, we're going to start seeing some first practices, so you know, we're really, you know, as far as that, we're in the window, we're in the driver's seat here, and you know, for me, I always, the way I view summer is kind of, you know, you get to the 4th of July, and then you feel like you're really in a summer, and then after that it goes by, you know, almost like, you know, a million, billion, trillion miles an hour, and then the next thing you know, there's preseason games, and then almost everybody's mind is kind of off of summer and just starting to get to September, whatever it is, new school year, you know, what, uh, you know, obviously football seasons or whatever, you know, for Pete, obviously, you know, be right in the realm of his coaching season. We're going to get into everything here on your daily delivery of all things. Dog Pound on Locked On Browns, your local experts on the biggest stories. Pete Smith joining, brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Um, look, I, you know, like I said, you get to that 4th of July, it's almost kind of like, you know, me, we start a late summer here in New Jersey, but uh, you know, a lot of you guys, mostly in Ohio, you know, your start, your summer starts a lot earlier. So you know, you truly are at the halfway point. You're gonna do something. You're gonna go away. Get on it quick. Uh, get rewarded with Hotels.com. Uh, be there. Do that with Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Get on making some plans and get rolling. Um, some league news stuff here. Um, Pete, we had touched on this. I think when we recorded Sunday night, which led in a Monday show. Um, and it is, it, you know. From what I had heard from some people, it, they, they kind of felt that it was kind of be headed this way. Uh, Jared Lorenzen obviously did end up passing away, which is it's just terrible because he's just talking about a guy at 38 years old, couple of kids. Um, you know, was a Super Bowl winner, uh, was a member of the Giants' first Super Bowl win over the Patriots. Uh, you know, it just it, it just sucks. Somebody leaves us earth at 38 years old, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it, it's awful, obviously, because, you know, for any number of reasons, but he did have a family, and it's it's unfortunate how fast his life and his health seemingly spiraled uh, downward. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, an element of feeling like, you know, you're a professional athlete, and I think other people sort of look at them in the same way and go, well, you're, you're a professional athlete. In some ways, you're indestructible, and... You know, he goes from, you know, pro athlete to semi-pro athlete to, you know, in such bad shape that he, you know, he is now passed away, which is really sad. But it goes to show that, you know, it's, you know, just because they're in, they are great athletes doesn't necessarily mean that, that, that things can't go bad and go bad in a hurry. And that's unfortunately the case here. Uh, and look, I mean, you, know, you had a taste of glory, and, they may, and this is probably part of it. You know, I mean, you know, I was, he was a huge deal. You know, Kentucky football at the time, you know, wasn't much. Uh, he was a huge, huge part of, of some good times down there, and obviously they put together some highlight reels. And, you know, he definitely played with, a, you know, an IDGAF attitude as far as ball security and things he did. And it was fun to see some of these D-backs come up and do everything right and realize it's really hard to tackle a guy when you're giving up 110 pounds, and they kind of just bounced off him. Uh, you know, Magic Johnson, no-look throws which would probably get you killed, but whatever, you're just trying to make a play. Uh, then he'd go on to almost a, you know, you're a preseason type of name. You know, we always talk about the week four of the preseason heroes. Um, a lot of people probably didn't even realize, you know, he was a guy who actually possessed a Super Bowl ring. Um, but 38 years old, two children, um, you know, and once you get away and, you know, you're not really part of the limelight anymore, uh, some guys it's really, really tough to cope and to find out what's going to be that ne- next aspect of your life. Uh, to the Lorenzen family, obviously, you know, 
terrible, terrible news. Uh, you know, hate to hear it for our, uh, you know, obviously the uh, University of Kentucky family. Uh, just, you know, just terrible. Heart kind of goes out to everybody there. Uh, Pete, then we get to something. I believe uh, the accident was Wednesday night. Um, Miami, uh, Miami Dolphins defensive tackle. Uh, Kendrick Norton. Um, if anybody doesn't know, search your gifts and type in Kendrick Norton. Um, you, when he was at Miami, he made a huge play. And I remember watching it live because obviously it was against Florida State. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the running back was Cam Akers. He makes the play, and somehow he's just got the kid's all, leg in his, like, laying across his chest. He just starts kind of, like, slowly strumming it like a guitar. I'm pretty sure that gif isn't in any gif, you know, simulator you use. Um, but gets himself in a terrible, terrible car crash to the point where EMT's got to call a surgeon to the scene. Uh, luckily, they saved the kid's life, but, uh, you know, he had to call a surgeon to the scene to amputate, his, uh, to amputate his arm to get him the hell out of the car. And, you know, just like that, a career's over, but hopefully, you know, Hopefully the life is you know saved and you know Kendrick can go on to you know I get you know some realm of life because that's just it's just brutal and we always whatever this goes on almost every year there's something that seems to go on NFL wise around Fourth of July and Pete we always talk about this this month uh, you know, most news is terrible news and here's just another case of that again. Yeah, the the details on this one are, are, are a little sketchy and obviously fuzzy at this point. Um, the way I have seen it reported is. He was cut off um, by another driver, and ultimately that sort of led into a few things and, and flipped the car over. Uh, and, and I'm assuming that at some point, you know, either it, it, some, you know, a car essentially fell on or was you know, still on his arm uh, when you know, EMTs got to him and, and ultimately had to make the decision at the scene to, to go ahead and amputate. And obviously, you know, uh, this is... Uh, was obviously very shocking news, but you know this is one of those things where you know whether you are him or the family or you know people nearby. This is almost like one of those things where you don't know how to take it because it's on the other hand, it's awful because he really lost his livelihood in terms of being a football player. Um, and you know the, the, there's the part of you that you know thinks about it from the standpoint of well, he's lucky to be alive and all that. Then you go to well, what, what's you know, assuming he makes a full recovery and every everything suggests he's going to make a full recovery, other than obviously um, having the amputation done, is you know what is his life um, you know after that? Pierre Paul, it's like he you know as opposed to quit on his part, um, you know this may be a situation where he didn't do anything wrong and still has this. Uh, on you know come upon him but yeah i mean it, it's it's for you know it may be just completely convenient but it's fourth of july and you get a lot of you know uh people doing things they shouldn't be including getting behind the wheel and all those things and uh it, you know it's just an awful situation and and you know I, that's one of those where I, I i'm you know i'm glad it, you know get miles garrett uh took the approach of you know he basically sent out a tweet that said something to the effect of if uh, if there's any kind of mishap with me and fireworks, it's because somebody broke into my house and set them off in my house. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's uh, incredibly sad. I mean that's you, know, you read the headline, and you're just like, oh my god! It like and for some reason there's something more vivid about it than like when a player passes away. Like it, it shocked me more than Lorenzen thing. Obviously, Lorenzen, you had a little bit of a a lead in, but even so, it, it just 
just really shocking how this came about. Yeah, and you know, here was a kid with a team, obviously that didn't have a ton of aspirations, and obviously looking for a lot of bodies. Um, and you, you do wonder, obviously, he, he probably uh, you know had a lot of opportunities to be doing something around the holiday time. Uh, obviously, playing his college ball in Miami, now back with the Dolphins. Uh, you know, a Florida kid as well. Um, you know, you, you wonder what was maybe what could have factored into it. Hopefully, nothing, and maybe truly he did just get cut off. You do hear it somewhere that you know maybe you know just lost control of the truck, hit a wall, and flipped it that way or whatever. Just the whole situation, uh, you know, just terrible in every aspect. And you know, you know, if football was his livelihood or whatever, I mean, it, you know, coaching even becomes difficult because you know, as Pete can tell you, so much of it now is hands-on with you know teaching of technique and things like that and you know it, it, it's it's a more difficult road obviously for him um but again you know this is just another case you know look he's he's still here uh you know and you know hopefully a man of faith and you can find a way to get himself to the next part of you know what'll be his you know post-athletic life because that part is sadly in the rear view um but it, it just again it, it's this is and I have to imagine, uh, Pete, as an NFL front office, you know, head coaching staff, whatever, you dread when you hear, you know, Fourth of July is coming up in the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. I mean, it's it's better. To, it, you have to worry so much about these guys who are, you know, all your, you know, your livelihood is riding on them, and it always seems like, you know, one or two guys a year get themselves in one of these things. And we do appreciate Miles before I get to Pito, and you know, basically asking for. Show the TV shows that he loves to say, hey, can you get a role for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he's just an inter- interesting dude on, on on its face. He uh, apparently was, uh, being the big nerd that he is, uh, he was apparently waiting uh, for Stranger Things so he could go ahead and binge watch it. Uh, and I think he's already finished it. Um, he's, you know, he's a big old dork in the best possible way, which is, Great for the Browns because he's always thinking in terms of, you know, what is the smart thing to do for himself uh, in terms of, you know, those kinds of decisions. And, you know, he does a lot of things, uh, you know, anything he seems to risk largely is about, you know, he's really willing to risk things like money and things to help other people. But he's very cognizant and uh, of doing smart things in terms of what he has to do for the sake of his body uh, and how, just how sort of important it is for him to be great and what that, you know, what that involves being, you know, and there's so much talk about, you know, with, with some of these great players, well, you know, great players tend to be super aggressive things and want to jump into everything and, and, you know, are the guys who get, uh, you know, into the, uh, motorcycle or or whatever accident because they they have that type of personality and he seems to be gifted in that sense that he uh has the switch on terms of when he wants to when he wants to get on the field he can he can be that angry aggressive guy but he's obviously very thoughtful in terms of how he approaches everything in his life he's the ultimate case of he is in the not even the one percent. It's even lower than that of the freak athlete that he is. But once that part of his day is over, he is just as common Joe as anybody else. And I doubt a lot of people were. I, I'm assuming the show came out last night at midnight. Um, most people by midnight on the Fourth of July are out cold or you know onto you know excessive drink number, double digit where they probably shouldn't be, and just be should be calling it a night 
whatever. And, you know, here's Miles just, you know, waiting for a show that he enjoys, which, you know, and, and, and you got to love him. And, you know, and the other thing is, is as much as, you know, as much money as he's going to make, it almost seems like he's the one like, look, whatever, uh, you know, I'm always going to have uh, 10 times more than I ever need. And, you know, he loses himself in the simplest things, whether it's, you know, Netflix or, you know, Fortnite or, or whatever, or his dog and just meeting other people and talking about dogs. Absolute treasure. Uh, you know, I, I mean, if that's a guy you have playing for you, that's that's a dream. You know, I kind of wish almost... All of your 53 were just kind of like that, and your biggest thing was worried is like, look, just make sure the uh, computer screen or whatever you're watching your TV shows on are far enough away that you're, you know, you're not hurting your eyes, I guess, in that respect. Uh, Pete's going to tell you about the good folks over at Blue Chew, and then a uh, friend of the show, Daniel Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah dropped a tweet today that uh, I see a bunch of Browns fans have gotten a little upset about. Oh. Uh, Jeff sort of touched on it. This is uh, what I would like to refer to as Blue Chew season because, um, you know, you're in that there, there's a lot of opportunities to go out and have a few, uh, you know, in the summer and, and, and somewhere in between where you, you think you, you're you really smooth and uh, have your A game right before you hit that, you know, slop, sloppy drunk mess uh, area. It, you probably could use some Blue Chew to help you make sure you've got. Uh, as much a game as you possibly have, because uh, if you're, you know, if you've had a few and and and, and you need to uh, make sure nothing's going wrong, Blue Chew's there to sort of pick you up and make sure you've got your a game. Uh, make sure you've got that consistency, and if necessary, much like Dylan Windler of the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you suffer from a quick release, it helps you reload. Um, Blue Chew, it, it you know the blue like the color. Color uh, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You take them time, day or night, even on a full stomach, which could be full of uh, obviously a Fourth of July type celebration of barbecuing and all those things, or it could be more than a few adult beverages. Either way, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And in this case, you may have had a few, and you may need it to be faster before you pass out. So <laughs> make sure you uh, hit a blue chew. Make sure you uh, hit the promo code locked on. Uh, take advantage of their special right now. And, again, as always, be prepared and, and, and make sure that uh, blue chew's there because chances are you're not nearly as smooth as you think you are, and they're there to pick up the slack. Um, yes, guys, uh, where Pete's headed with this, don't let whiskey tick, whiskey dick take you down. Uh, you get the job done. A uh, little blue chew. And actually, we do have a new promo code for you. Uh, all caps, C-O-D-E, code. Uh, thanks to the folks at Blue Chew for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Always appreciate it. Now, Pete, as I had mentioned, uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, guys, he's been on a couple of times. Daniel's, uh, you know, Daniel's a great guy. Uh, and it's not, this is certainly nothing to pick on him for, but it, it made for a great talking point. It is. It and, is. and the other thing is, is obviously, you know, you know, yeah, look, some of you Browns fans are completely all the way down the highway, and there's still some that say, man, I, I really got to see it. Um, but Daniel put out a tweet this morning, his top five MV. P candidates for 2019, Carson Wentz first, Patrick Mahomes second, Saquon Barkley third, <laughs> Philip Rivers fourth, Ezekiel Elliott fifth, uh, Pete, go ahead and start, and he, I just thumbed through this, and like, the, it, it almost goes, it's like, 
a comment from a random team, Browns fan, uh, random fan, Browns fan, random fan, bra- bra- <laughs> um, and, and look, guys, also part of this is, you know, these big news guys know what they're doing. They know a tweet like this gets a ton of traction, a ton, and very quickly, and they also know it's July, so it almost covers up a day. Let's ignore the Baker Mayfield part of this, because I know there's a lot of people very passionate about Baker Mayfield's MVP chances, obviously, uh, uh, what's your favorite? Kay Adams from you know the NFL Network and, and Good Morning Football has 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 been touting her uh, touting Baker Mayfield as as her favorite to win the MVP. The issue here is that nineteen MVP nineteen ninety five would like his MVP candidates back. Um, <laughs> Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott have no chance, none. And Saquon Barkley, you know, if if this was most outstanding. I'm willing to listen to it. He maybe he can have 2,500 yards and you know just be absolutely bananas and go off and and earn that. But when the New York Giants go four and twelve, I don't care if he has 3,000 total yards. You're not going to get the, you're not going to win the argument for most valuable. It's just not going to be there. And the Giants are an awful football team in so many ways, uh, which is why that's a really difficult sell. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, look, you, he's a fantastic running back. Uh, he has all the talent in the world. He's got a, a good offensive line. He's got a functional enough quarterback. They're hoping that with, uh, with Amari Cooper and company, you know, in the mix that it'll open up more opportunities for him. But again, he can be as great as he wants. It's really difficult to justify MVP. Now, the one thing he has going for him is he is a Dallas Cowboy, and that is an absolute huge bonus to whatever chances he has. The problem is I don't even think he's the best choice for a running back to win the MVP if you're just going from a straw poll. The problem is the guy who would be the mo- the, you know, the favorite, you know, his knee is a question mark basically from here on out in Todd Gurley. Um if you're trying to justify his value, it's it's very easy with Gurley. It, you know, the offense feels in so many ways like it goes where he goes. Ezekiel Elliott, in 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 no small part, certainly fits into that category. But they do have enough uh, where they it, it doesn't feel like he has to carry the entire offense, though usually he's going to. Um, I, I think. This is absolutely a tweet to generate traffic, and, and it, it undoubtedly did that. But you know, if you're trying to actually come up with five MVP candidates, regardless of which five you come up with, unless Aaron Donald is on there as a positional player, it's it's got to be five quarterbacks. I don't care which ones you pick, but it's not going to be a running back. It's just it's just not where the NFL is. Um, you know, if you have a two thousand yard runner which is increasing, you know, almost impossibly rare anymore, especially when you, as we've been informed that uh, the AFC leading rusher had like 1100 and some yards last year. (laughs) Uh, You know, you compare that to what is likely going to be another year of quarterbacks who are going to have in excess of 5,000 yards and any number of touchdowns that, you know, those statistics just blow Run, the running back position away and it's just it, it's just so out of out of sync in terms of you know who's really carrying the offense so 
you know, that's that's my issue with it. Again, you can pick five quarterbacks. If you want to include Baker Mayfield, great. If you don't, I, it's not going to hurt my feelings either way. But it's just tough when you put in running backs in there because there's no way. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, you know, ideally if you're going to make this list, what you do is you pick your eight division winners, you stack up your eight quarterbacks, and then you put it that way. Uh, you know, Mahomes, that's fine, obviously. Phillip Rivers, uh, there's a ton going on in L.A., obviously, and they have the defense to match. So if he does what he can do, and if Kansas City, you know, if they don't get Tyreek or having Tyreek around causes some sort of step back, Phillip is a great, great option to have there. There's no no, no you know, issues there. Uh, Carson Wentz, you saw some really, really good play. It's not really so much the question of, the regular season, it's more a question of you really haven't gotten to see him in the postseason, um, but that really doesn't matter if you're voting for the MVP because you voted on the regular season. Um, then you just take the rest of the quarterbacks from the division winners. Obviously, look, Tom Brady, if Tom Brady's still playing, there's a shot Tom Brady's at MVP. Um, you know, if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers win the NFC North, obviously his name is there. It, it, again, it, there's, I, there should never be a, a running back to win this um, because it's just not the way the game is played anymore. Um, yeah, I, I think personally, if you were going to do this, you should have, you know, I wouldn't put Miles Garrett in the top five, but if you're ranking it at an odds, I'd give him maybe better odds because, you know, you get 16, 17 sacks, you're truly changing the game and you truly are that valuable. Um, Aaron Donald, I mean, you, you could probably make the case that Aaron Donald was the MVP of the NFL last year. There, there's no way around it. I mean, obviously Mahomes was just freaking out of his mind. But you know what you know Aaron Donald did as an def- interior defensive player, it's just as equal, if not more equal. Uh, so you know there's there's ways about going that, but you know, the running back thing is way out of. And here's the other thing, guys. Daniel's tweet, and I'm sure Pete will agree with this. Um, you because know, look, the Browns Twitter right now, it, it's huge. It's one of the bigger ones going right now. And obviously, with all the excitement in the city, with the All Star Game, all the anticipation of the Browns, you know, it, it's you know. Brown, you know, anything Cleveland Twitter is is popping right now. So this would have gotten the same run, Pete, if Baker was in there or if Baker wasn't in there. True. Um, the other part about this, and if if I was trying to put odds down on who was going to win MVP, um, Drew Brees would be extremely high. Yeah, another. Well, the the reasoning here is yes, Drew Brees is great. Uh, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. But there are people in the media, uh, Peter King, who are desperately trying to get Drew Brees an MVP because he's never won an MVP. And they are uh, basically of the, the, the notion here is that, well, Drew Brees is good enough that he should have won an MVP at some point. So I'm going to go ahead and make the case that Drew Brees should win it every year until he does. So did he make sure he gets one on his way to Canton, even though it has no bearing on anything. But that is absolutely a factor in play here. Uh, there are people who are actively, desperately trying to push Drew Brees into the MVP uh, award, whether or not he deserves it. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, with the, with the situation they have here, he's always going to be a guy who can put up, you know, around 5,000 yards passing, an obscene number of touchdowns. Uh, Obviously, Mahomes was out of this world and could continue to be, but that is going to be a thing I'd be watching out for. And, you know, look, the the powerful media does sway a a ton of things in that respect, and even if Drew Brees' window may have closed as far as winning an MVP, because, look, um, a lot of what he's done the last couple of years is due to... uh, 
a guy named Alvin Kamara and the fact that you can do a little bit more of a shorter passing game and Alvin's taking some five and six yard receptions and turning them into huge, huge chunk plays. Um, but it's all for them to you know keep it going. But that's just the one thing. It's not that Drew Brees isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's literally just the only box that's just not checked along the way for Drew Brees. Um, and seeing as you mentioned Peter King, and Peter King was apparently, he's, he's not a big fan, Pete, of the uh, hot dog eating contest. But hey, the 10 best minutes in competitive eating went down yesterday, Pete. Joey Chestnut did not break his own record, but I think Pete was 71 dogs and buns eaten. And the fact that he started, he started out of the gate, he ate 30 hot dogs and buns in three minutes. But I think the only reason he didn't break his record yesterday is because there, he didn't have to. There was zero competition over the last two minutes. Like, he won this thing in five minutes flat. Well, yeah, Peter King's tweet came out. Uh, he was angry at ESPN for producing a 30 for 30 on, on uh, you know, the... We'll get to that in a second because that was freaking excellent. And I learned so much more about the sport and behind it that I had never known before. Um, he was very mad that they... they, they 30 for 30 was willing to basically put up this because in his mind, the idea of competitive eating, um, seven deadly sin. Yeah. The, the idea of gluttony here to the, the extremes with so much hunger on the streets was an insult to his sensibilities. Um, which I, I, I understand the connection he's trying to make there. The problem I have with that is you can make that argument for any sport ever. You can basically make the same statement and say, well, the NFL shouldn't bother playing games until, you know, hunger is solved. And that's just not realistic. And, and, and again, it's you, you can basically poke anything here. You can say the NBA shouldn't operate, but the NFL more so because that's what Peter King covers. Um you know, should be disgusted by the idea that they're making, you know, so many billions of dollars and yet hunger is allowed to exist. I know it's a little more, you know, apples to apples and the idea that you are actively, you know, theoretically wasting food here by having people shove it down their gullet as fast as humanly possible for this amount of time. Nevertheless, there's money in it. So that's how it goes. Um, I, you know, as far as the actual competition, uh, uh, he he's fascinating, and he was very up, unhappy with himself uh, afterwards because he he ate something like he dogs in like six minutes or something. It felt like he was easily gonna uh, pass it, and then he sort of ran into a wall, and he was very unhappy. And he said he was determined to solve it. Um, <laughs> I gotta go to the film. He basically said, uh, "You know, I will figure this out. I will get it figured out." Um fascinating and then you know especially if, if you watch the 30 for 30 and you're watching him you know essentially have a, a, a bag with a weight tied to it tied to it hanging down it almost looked uh, like a like a like a like a like bigger than a ping pong ball but smaller than a racquetball that he puts in his mouth and there's a string with rocks attached to it, it it's like it's disturbing to see that exercise like it's genuinely weird but you know he's apparently honed his uh, jaw and the mouth and all those muscles in him to essentially make his his uh, mouth into a bear trap and then the muscles are essentially 
according to his theory, forcing the food down his throat, which is terrifying to even think about. Um, and all these other things are going on, but obviously the 30 for 30 thing touched on the whole uh, thing with uh, the, what's his face? Uh, Kobayashi. Kobayashi and the, I thought did a nice job um, sort of, you know, turning the thing on the guy who runs it, which is Rick McShay. Uh, his brother does is, is involved as well, but basically, you know, saying that Kobayashi, and which is what he was saying was, um, the Kobayashi was unhappy with McShay, not the sport, not the American people, not all these other things. But they, he, was, he was his heart, you know, the, you know, symbolically broken because Rick of McShay and the way he sort of handled him, and and that's why he's not, you know, he still competitively eats, but nothing involved with um, them anymore. So you know, this 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 rivalry they had was sort of broken. Um, I forgot some of those shows that they had on there freaking existed. Um, but of course, Fox was behind them, which shouldn't surprise me at all um, on the various crap that they were trying to eat uh, and all these things fasting, you know, the disgusting cow brains uh, and more. But like, you know, the, like the one thing they were, it, it was like Kobayashi talking about, like tasted like disgusting warm mayo or something like that or whatever. Like, he was forcing it down his throat despite the fact that, like, it was disgusting and all this other stuff. Just uh, some of that stuff was uh, a little too far. But the, I thought the the doc the doc overall was pretty good um, and and interesting to watch. I um, it, it sort of harshed my buzz a little bit on, on the McShays because I they do a really really good job in terms of presenting the event and the, the their their over the top commentating and and their various lines of the calling. Calling the hot dog uh, hot dog eating contest the epicenter of patriotism and all that stuff, um, <laughs> but you know there, there was some there, there was a a little Vince McMahon type yep. behind the behind the curtain type thing, um, not not nearly the extent, but it's a shame they didn't handle certain things better. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. Um, from the Kobayashi standpoint, and I mentioned this the other day. Um, one of uh. The guy who helps, one of the guys who helps with his marketing, doesn't live far from here in Jersey. I've actually gotten a chance that we spent a lot of time with him, uh, a guy named Don Povia, and uh, you know, we've talked actually after you know since it you know since the thirty for thirty ran, and you know I I think from Kobayashi, I think part of the thing was is everybody loved him, and he was loved all over. Obviously, you know back from where he came from, America loved him, but once all of a sudden there was an American to challenge him. All of a sudden, like, the love kind of went away for Kobayashi. And as he was trying to say, look, you're trying to control us. You're trying to control the money we can make, how we can make it. And you only want us to do it under your umbrella where, you know, essentially with any sport, we are your product. It doesn't exist without us. So he's trying to basically essentially stand up against the man for the greater good of everybody. Meanwhile, Major League Eating's like, well, we don't care, and we're, you know, you're going to look like the bad guy because we now have the American who can beat you, and you know, all of this while this is going down with his, you know, his mother, you know, is basically, you know, is, you know, basically fighting and ended up losing a battle with cancer back home in Japan. I, just the whole thing from that standpoint, and you know, that was the first one thing I took about it is, is what he was doing was right. I mean, it, you know, 
it's obviously it's not Major League Baseball, but you know you take Kurt Flood fighting for free agency, and you know that's kind of what Kobayashi was doing. Is you know, hey, this is our world. We made this what it is. Uh, please don't tell us how to earn. And that also goes to Peter King. And Peter King, this also kind of goes along the line with anything, with anything anywhere. Don't tell another man how to make his money. So whatever. It, it, obviously, there's a reason this exists. People are watching it, and yes, with the Pete, with the ball in his mouth and the weights in the bag, or what, and I'm trying, I'm trying to explain to my wife yesterday. I was like, he basically trained himself to have a jaw of a pit bull, and you know, it's look, I, I ate a couple of hot dogs yesterday, but you know, the fact that you uh, a human being can put down 71 buns and rolls in you know hell a week, let alone 10 10 minutes is. It's just insane, but hey, look, I mean, it's, people enjoy weird shit. That, that that doesn't change anywhere. And even my wife, you know, because we were waiting to, you know, meet some friends or whatever, and I'm sitting there glued, and it, Jeff, 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 I need help with Jeff. I was like, just give me eight more minutes. And I get my girls watching, like, Dad, this is so disgusting. But I'm like, yes, but you just can't take your eyes off it. That's the thing. It's just so weird. And, and I, I agree 100%. The way they commentate it, and, and then they zoom in, and the best part is you see the guy standing behind each competitor just trying to slip in another plate with 20 dogs and buns on it. And, like, even another thing, though, like, that came out in the documentary was, uh, you know, Kobayashi talked about, like, oh, we learned, you know, if you're going to dip it into the liquid, you want the liquid to be warm. It, ma- it, it, ma- it, makes, the bre- it makes the bun softer. It digests easier. And, like, and this is even the thing with Joey. Oh, well, I'm going to figure it out. Like, it, it's no different than any other thing. And they truly view it as a sport, what they do. And, you know, there's certain ways to tweak things and get better and just... The whole thing of it, um, you know, but hey, I mean, it's, you know, look, it's July, there ain't much else going on, it was a perfect time for the 30-30, obviously, as the lead-up to the contest, um, and I think the other thing is with the contest only being 10 minutes, and that is even the other thing, because all these records that used to be were for 12 minutes, and then they did things to change it, oh, we're going to make it 10 minutes, uh, you know, now you can only have six cups, where you used to be able to have unlimited cups, and then this, but then the, the numbers just grew even more, just crazy, crazy all around, um, Guys, whatever you know, uh, podcasting app you use, Google Play, Himalaya, Spotify, iTunes, uh, ratings, reviews, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, make sure you have set yourself up a membership over at Browns Maven. Uh, communicate with Pete and uh, obviously all the other readers over there you know, through the articles and that stuff. Um, it's a simple, easy way. It doesn't cost you guys a dime, but it also allows you guys to help us. And it helps uh, Pete's corporate product grow, the show grow. Uh, we all work together for what should be a highly, highly anticipated 2019 Cleveland Browns season. Uh, all right, since we're here, uh, we'll put, I'll, I'll put uh, Giovanni Ruiz's question into this one because uh, we'll slip it in here. It actually sl- slips in perfectly. Um, obviously, Gio's brought a, bu- a bunch of questions as far as you know, food and cookouts. Pete, if you got to hang out with the boys and it's a drink or two, what what game's okay? Me, look, I'm usually stuck behind the grill, so I don't get a chance. The cornhole, horseshoes, a big one here in Jersey is quates, which is a shorter version, but uh, you, you basically throw in a metal disc, but it's very, very similar to horseshoes. Which one can you tolerate the most, Pete? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I get, I'm probably too young for, you know, to be of the horseshoes generation. Nothing wrong with it. I've done really? it before. Okay. It's, it's that lost? Okay. Not a big thing, at least around here, at least where I'm at. Um, cornhole, cornhole's fine. Cornhole's uh, good stuff. It's you know, it's great because you can easily do it while you have a drink in hand, um, as you can with horseshoes. I mean, th- 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 those are the key 
the key benefits to playing any of those games at a, a, a cookout or whatever is you can do them while drinking. Um, so yeah, cornhole is a decently popular thing around here. Uh, there are definitely, I would say that's probably like the number one backyard, you know, unless it's just beer pong where everybody's just looking to get freaking ossified. But I think cornhole is, is probably the biggest backyard barbecue game there is right now. Right. It's obviously, again, horseshoe is the same way. It's anybody can do it. Uh, and you know. the other thing, there's no risk of hurting yourself. I know there's that slam ball where there's the trampoline. And you, but, yeah, I mean, you could literally fall down and get hurt. If you fall down and get hurt in cornhole, you know, in cornhole that just means you drank too much and it's time for you to go home. The advantage with cornhole, obviously, is you have physical boards you can pick up and take anywhere. Obviously, a horseshoe, you know, you generally have a horseshoe pit, which is on the ground. So cornhole is popular because you can obviously do it in your backyard or take it to a tailgate or whatever. Uh, and then any number of different, like, you know, part of it now is, is what, you know, what is your cornhole thing decorated with? Um, oh, no doubt about it. And I actually saw a sweet set. Um, I saw it, I think I, if I saw it on Twitter, I don't know, I saw it on some social media app today, and it was the Beavis and Butthead with the shirt over, I am Cornholio, and I was like, that blows every other one away. Right, like, you know, when we had our, our, our golf hunting thing, like, one of the packages, you know, they sub, they auction off these packages. Yep, the gift auctions. And, you know, one of one of these was, you buy so many tickets, and, and it's a drawing, and easily the most popular... Package included a set of cornhole things with well, a... especially when you're going to do it six days before the 4th of July. Well, that, but I mean, it, it had, you know, the, the picture on it was, you know, a picture of the, a painting thing of, you know, the Streetsboro Stadium and, you know, the, you know, the area around it a little bit. Uh, so that was... And then the other board had a picture of Coach Pete Smith, right? And no, not this time. They're both the same, but uh, very nice looking. And obviously, that 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 had far and away the most tickets. Um, so there, there's definitely uh, an appetite for that type of stuff. And certainly, I think the artwork uh, went a long way with it. But yeah, it uh, big, big, big around here, big in tailgates. Uh, it's it's pretty much big everywhere, and it, it's come to that point. And like, I even have friends who actually make them, and you know, like they do all the woodworking, and then you know. They'll find somebody who's got artistic skills, whether it's a wife or whatever, somebody in town, and you know they, they are literally they, they will make them for you, even to the point where they have somebody who's a seamstress and they even make the freaking bean bags for you. So you know that's in I would say by far it's hands down it is the most popular, you know, spring summer backyard barbecue get together. Uh, let's find a way to compete at something here. Let's just not sit around and just you know BS all freaking day. And look, you know, once everybody gets a couple of cocktails in them, what's everything likes to do? Everybody likes to talk a little shit back and forth over some competition of some sort. So yeah, cornhole, uh, cornhole, easily, far and away, number one. Uh, next question from at Brown's Obsession, um, eight and eight. Where does Freddie Kitchen stand with the Cleveland Browns after the 2019 season if the record of this team is only eight and eight? Um. I mean, I, I think it would be a massive disappointment, but I don't think Freddie Kitchens goes anywhere in that scenario. Uh, well, for first thing I'm going to think is if it's 8-8, eight and eight, did, you, did we lose somebody? Did we lose somebody of some major significance? That's the first thing I think. Sure. Um, but, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think, you know, even if Baker Mayfield goes down, I mean, certainly that that's like the nightmare scenario. 
Um, I, I don't think there's getting any, any way, you know, whether it's a, you know, a massive underachieve situation or it's a, um, you know, a what could have been if not for injuries type situation. Either way, it ends up being a massive disappointment. But I think, you know, when I don't think you can go from Hugh Jackson to Freddie Kitchens and then turn around and fire him and then expect to get a good coach. I mean, I, I, I think when you made the move, Freddie Kitchens, you went through all those candidates, rightfully, you went through a really, really, you know, thorough coaching search. And this is the guy you decided to go with. You're riding with him for a few years. And, and realistically, it's for the, you know, this, this span of uh, three, three, four years. Um, maybe, you know, if you have a couple years of, of not getting there, you can try to, um, you know, find your John Gruden in that situation and, and bring him in and, you know, let, you know, he becomes that uh, extra thing that gets you over the top, you know, like playing your former assistant in the Super Bowl and him not changing any of his calls so you can easily. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, look, I, you, Freddie Kitchens and, and John Dorsey, unless, you know, short of John Dorsey doing something insane like, or having something insane done by his players that ultimately gets him fired. Um, I think he and Freddie are basically here for at least three to four years. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, it's going to be a major disappointment. And there's going to be some sort of factor of what went wrong. And it's tough to say, you know, to predict that and boot Freddie out the door. You'd have to see the what went wrong. Because as much as I always go back to the Carolina game, and it was, wow, we're talking about Bruce Arians, and we're talking about all these other guys, and well, why can't Freddie possibly be in this mix? And then Freddie was ultimately in the mix, and then Freddie was ultimately the one they felt the most confident with, and obviously it was because of his relationship with Baker, and it was because of the fact that he liked to use, you know, all the weapons at his disposal. You know, everything in, you know, every piece of silverware in the drawer got used somehow, some way. And the thinking was, well, you know, yeah, he's inexperienced. And, yeah, he's barely been an offensive coordinator. And we're going to give him this head coaching gig. So let's get him a couple of more pieces and just let him continue on his creativity path. And, you know, understanding that, you know, the best way to beat them is to truly not, you know, have them thinking, well, anybody on this field could be a factor at any moment. So it's really, that's, it's a really tough question to answer right now. And I, if the Browns did finish 8-8, eight and eight, you know, and I'm going to stand by this. It'll be because, knock on wood, somebody got hurt or something significantly just didn't work out for them that at this point nobody could have possibly anticipated. So, you know, that's that's where we're at on that question. Um, I, I do have one here. Um, we're going to get to – I want to do the predicting the final 53. We're going to do that closer to camp um, within the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we'll spend some time each night. We're going to do each positional group. Uh, breaking it down, we'll do those as part of the front end of each, you know, a, you know, episode as we get ready before we finally do kick off camp. So there is, you know, that, and we will get to all that for you guys um, as we get closer and closer here. Um, Pete, uh, league-wise, uh, you know, we've actually taken a couple. We got a couple days off here in, which is probably the end of the off days. And part of it is, guys, is um, right now we're kind of living in separate houses. My wife's been. Uh, she's been dog sitting for a good friend of ours in town. Um, they have a bunch of dogs. One of them is extremely ill, uh, seizures, 
sick beyond belief. So she's pretty much been there 24-7. Obviously, you know, yesterday we were there hanging out, you know, had other people over or whatever while we're watching these dogs out of the corner of our eyes. So, but it was good to just step away one last time and recharge the batteries. And look, it is very difficult right now to put out normally the locked on, uh, the locked on Brown usually they, I mean, the locked on accounts, they ask for the shows, you know, to be 25, 26, 27 minutes. We never give you that. Maybe if it's just a one-on-one with a bigger guest that I cannot ex- ask them to give the time of, you know, the 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, I, I know any episode Pete's ever been on, we have never even come close to, you know, under 40 minutes. Um, but Pete, uh, league-wise here, a couple of days, uh, you know, I, I know we got to a couple of things. Is there anything you with, uh, uh, you know, from you that we have not gotten to? Well, first, I'd like to point out that it's living in separate houses after the birthday incident really adding up here. Um, let, let's 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 address that. Um, <laughs> then, um, obviously, well, no, the- well, well, let me preface this. Yes, Pete's always going to bust my chops. We have three dogs of our own. So this house where she's at, they have four dogs, which are all under the age of two. So, but we also have three dogs of our own. So they're is that realm of it too. So I can't have my own dogs trash in my house, but go ahead, bud. Um, and I'm sure the, the girl's future stepfather is very nice. Um, the oldest the, is with me. What are you talking about? This is perfect. And this where we're so well better for me. I have the almost 13 year old. So I just knock on the door when I leave in the morning, to go to work. All right, I'll just lock the door. And then, you know, I get the text from her an hour or so later. Everybody's fed. Everybody's taken care of dad. She's, the older one's the dream, guys. The older one's the dream. The uh, younger one, she's the party animal 24-7. She's actually more like me. Why This is where I'm smart enough to associate myself with the more mature and more responsible the older child. Where do the wise birthdays matter? Um, so <laughs> the big meatball hanging out there is what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill. There's talk that it's going to be no suspension, um, which would be insane. But the other thing I saw today is is um, good old Mike Mayock and the Raiders. Uh, well, there's a couple Raiders pieces of news, incidentally. First, the Raiders have allegedly hired Nolan Rocky. Um, for anyone who's uh, who knows the name but can't quite place it, Nolan Rocky. Get the is, F out. Is a, you know, a, a guy who ran... Uh, was a he was he was a you know a, a draft analyst type guy or whatever. Was, Help me out a, here. Was he Jimmy Ward? And the first line of the scouting report was already has a kid. I think that was him. I, I don't know if that was him. I, I he do was pretty sure it was. But notorious for the Cam Newton fake smile. Um, but I, I don't remember if that was with Pro Football Weekly or whatever. But in any case, they have hired him as some sort of scouting guy. Um, so he, he went ha- from the pen to now a scout. Okay. Yeah, he. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's got any. He, you know, say what you will. Here's the thing I, I would point out: Nolan Naraki has a bunch of scouting reports that come off a certain way. I will tell you that is exactly how scouts talk. That is a hundred percent. Oh, there's no doubt about that. But the problem, yeah, but he's also the one where it had a bigger stage and people would see it more. Yes. Um, and then the other thing that is allegedly, or that is apparently a thing with the Raiders, is good old Josh Jacobs. Uh, apparently, he and the Raiders are not close on getting <laughs> the deal done. And there I had no th- idea he wasn't even signed. Right. This is the thing. And there's talk that that might actually go into a holdout. Um, so, yeah. You know, Josh Jacobs, who neither of us think is going to be particularly good, 
apparently think he's too good for what the Raiders are offering him. Well, Pete, everybody told him he was going top 10, so he probably wants a little bit extra cheddar. Yeah, I don't know what the specifics are. If this is another situation where it's, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the offset language and that whole mess. Uh, but yeah, the, the Raiders um, have some issues to get dealt with in terms of signing their guys. And this is maybe a Mike Mayock thing where it's one thing to evaluate the talent and look great at the combine and at the all-star games. And now you're actually trying to sit down and put these things to bed. Be. I don't know. I, you know, my, my my guess is Mike Mayock does very little in terms of actually negotiating numbers or anything, and that actually is probably more Gruden and whoever their numbers guy is. But nevertheless, this is an issue to get sorted out. And and the cartoon that is going to be the Raiders, um, uh, as they as they get try to you know get through this season before they ultimately make the move to uh, Las Vegas, uh, is likely to be a shit show. And, and these are sort of suggestions more to that fact but that is something on there you know there are a couple unsigned contracts uh the you know nick bosa is another one i don't know how many others because obviously the browns have been forever as have most but just like his brother yeah so you know the the holdout which should never be a thing anymore is apparently still holding on by a thread which is just terrible. I mean, it's it, it, it's you know it, it's so simple. Everything is slotted. It's a little bit better than the guy who went at the same spot the year before than you. It, it's it, it's almost embarrassing at this point. And look, there are obviously a couple agencies because I'm sure you know obviously Joey and Nick you know, represented by the same thing. If you want to do a quick Google search, guys, maybe you want to look who's representing Josh Jacobs. I'm not sure if it's one and the same, but maybe just peek into that. Um, but there really shouldn't. I mean, this is, I mean, this is like slam dunk stuff now. I mean, you already have the precedents to go off for, to go off of, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's no different than when you start a job with any bigger company and you start a lower level, well, here's, this is the contract we give to everybody at this spot. So, uh, just, you know, does seem a little weird, but it also does make for, and, you know, a couple of franchises, maybe the LOL Brown, LOL Browns has gotten passed on. It's certainly become the LOL Raiders. And Giants, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, there's no doubt about that one. And, and you know, it's it's more like the, not even LOL Bengals. It's like, oh, God, the Bengals. It's more like, it's more the WTF Bengals at this point, no doubt about it. And it it probably been this way for a while, but, you know, you mask it by going, you know, early on out of the gate, you go four and two, and then you just drop the entire second half of the slate, and people just realize you still have a very... Very terrible product in that respect. Um, Pete Browns Maven, what's the latest in the hopper? Uh, continuing uh, player previews. Uh, I have not decided which one will go up tomorrow. Obviously, today I did Brad Seaton, the the uh, mountain of a man, six nine, three hundred thirty pound offensive tackle. Six <laughs> nine, Jesus. Officially six eight and like five eights, but yeah, he's a he's a big boy. Um, and it's going to be entertaining at camp to see him compete um, if you know if he gets a shot anyway. That uh, he and he, this was the case in mini camp is you go from Chris Hubbard six two and change two eighty five to six nine three thirty um, is, is certainly a, a different uh, a, a different thing to go against and obviously you know it's hard not to notice. 
Oh, no, you certainly can't miss him in that respect. Um, uh, guys, obviously, the videos, the player profiles, uh, you can check all of that out at brownsmaven.com. You can follow on Twitter at brownsmaven. Obviously, you know, make sure you're always following Pete as he's putting this out on the daily here. Um, you know, trying to get you guys you know, gripped with the names that you really don't know until we get into training camp, and it gives us a lot more to focus you know, with each day on what's been going on. Um, follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore the Locked On Browns Twitter account at Locked On Browns all lowercase. Uh, make sure you're following over there. If there's stuff you don't want to put on Twitter, you're more than welcome to DM over there. I uh, return a ton of those day in, day out. So by all means, it makes it easier. I have no problem doing that. Um, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, throw a follow over there. Like I said, the ratings, reviews, make sure you know uh, you sign up for a, ma- uh, a membership over at Browns Maven. You can interact over there with anything that's written there. And, you know, it's good there because it's nothing but Browns because now a lot of times, you know, anything on social media because the Browns, they, they had the Browns Twitter has such a big, you know, big effect because everybody is so excited. A lot of interaction comes in that is not Browns. And you know, I understand some of you guys, some of you who are big on social media don't want to get into the back and forth with non-Browns fans. So I get that, you know, Browns may be a great cha- uh, opportunity for you guys to do that. Uh, ratings, reviews, uh, iTunes, any, uh, you know, podcast listening where you listen to your podcast, please make sure you're following over there, Locked on Browns. You know, obviously, you know, give the rating, give the reviews. Uh, helps with the growth of the show as we get closer and closer here to, you know, getting this whole thing started. July 24th, players reporting. July 25th, first practices. Uh, It's, you know, I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday. Um, All of you in Ohio, uh, I imagine you guys are, you know, blown to the roof. The Indians are picking up the pace of the play. The All-Star game, obviously, you know, Tuesday night, home run derby Monday night. Uh, sorry, everybody. Um, you guys could all go for Carlos Santana. I'll go with my guy Pete Alonzo, who hit his 29th home run this evening. Uh, so I'll be watching for Pete. But uh, you know, that, I, I like the home run derby, the All Star game. Honestly, not so much. I don't like. You know, it, I do like it's fun because they pretty much try to get everybody into it. But you know, I don't know. It's just you know, give the guys a couple days off and give us the best product to carry us through the rest of the summer and the fall as far as the game is concerned within itself. Um, but I, it's got to be popping. I remember what it was like, you know, when it was here, you know, at Yankee Stadium. I remember what it was like when it was a city field. It, it definitely brings a buzz to the area, and obviously it helps that the Indians have picked up their pace of play. So enjoy every second of it for all of you who are going to go there. If, if you can get in there for the home, I know the All-Star game is impossible to get into. Uh, home run derby, if you can find your way in, just go for that. I mean, just watching guys hit 460-foot bombs followed by more and more by all means that's something to certainly you know hang out chill and uh you know check out uh this has been your daily delivery things of all things dog pound uh lgb on the lob let's go browns